With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. It's never too early. Yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, boy, I love it, love it. Yeah. I love it, love it. Yeah, yeah. I love my HBCU. And man, yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, she's tired. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot of who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention. This is Dr. Cavill with Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Welcome to the show. You have your dancing shoes on, Professor Bishop? Hey, it's time, it's time to go dancing. Man, what's your favorite dance, Professor Bishop? What's your professor? What's your favorite dance, man? My favorite dance? That's a good question. I don't know. Got I, it. I, <laughs> a, a favorite dance? That's a man, I ain't done the whopping forever in a day, but I probably <laughs> so what's my favorite dance it depends on what decade um if you back in the the 80s or the 90s i like the whip if you're a little bit more you know with the younger school i still kind of like i'm a fan of the dougie <laughs> <laughs> Teach me how to no, Dougie. Yes, teach no, me how to Dougie. He's gonna break down each decade. Hey, I, I'm just gonna show you. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna show you my age right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm not even gonna go there. I'm gonna let y'all make it. Welcome to episode 24 of Inside HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. Just show this covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports institutions. Large and small, from NAIA to the NCAA, we share insight and information on the HBCU sports culture. And HBCU athletic aesthetics facilitate the story of HBCU athletic programs in the business of HBCU sports. I'm your host, Dr. Yalkaville, along with my co-host, Mike and Charles Bishop. We're filming from our home studios in Sydney, a signal live to our KCH 1230 AM studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Fame. Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University from Houston, Texas. Today's episode of Inside HBCU Sports Lab is sponsored by THC Agency, LLC. THC Agency is a company that provides sporting and educational consulting and data analytics. We had Tennessee State students on campus today mixing and mingling with some Texas Southern students, SGA, uh, leaders on campus. You know I couldn't let the moment go by without asking, hey, Y'all coming to the swag or not? <laughs> <laughs> they looked at me. They looked at me and like, we want to. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, that's what, like, you going to help me over there? I mean, yeah, let's do it. I mean, so uh, that's all right. it was pretty cool. But no, they were there for on some other business stuff. But um, it, was, uh, <laughs> it was funny getting a chance to kind of jump in there. 
I did want to jump out here with some news and stuff because I don't know what direction you go. We're going to take a deeper dive, break down these brackets, see what your thoughts in terms of the Miag and Squack. Front and center last week, obviously, we talked about the OVC and Big South, but they were doing those things with North Carolina and and Hampton and Tennessee State. Unfortunately, uh, teams didn't uh, get into the finals and get a chance to uh, put on their dancing shoes for the dance. But there's still some bid opportunities out there. You do have the NIT, CIT, right, uh, in terms of CBI, in terms of some of the basketball tournaments that are out there. And so we'll see if that comes together. I know the CIT uh, coach Petaway is on that committee. He's asked to even look at an opportunity. So we'll see how that goes. But wanted to go in there. We do have some sports taking place. Langston Sprinter makes history in the NAIA Indoor Track and Field Championships. This is from HBCUSports.com. Langston Jr. Zach Beard made history at the NAIA. NAIA, I should say, indoor championships by setting a record for the fastest time in the 60-meter dash. So not only did he win, obviously, but he set a record. He ran a time of 6.61 seconds in the finals, taking home the gold while also setting a new NAIA and Langston program, Langston program record. Fascinating. So I guess, you know, when we talk all this potential swack expansion, Langston is like, hey, we mm. might get you know, hey, not so fast. <laughs> right, not so fast. Yeah. Maybe they're saying, yes, so fast, so fast. In terms yeah, of the Western Division, they'll be like, hey, man, we got a market over here in Oklahoma. I'm not sure about a city as a marketplace, but it is what it is. With that being said, um, what you got on the table, Professor Bishop? What do you want to bring out to the people? Yeah, well, let's take a look at the swag they uh, named their um, – Postseason uh, basketball honors. So we'll start on the women's side of the ball as Amisha just, Williams. Just start with Amisha. Just start with Amisha Williams. Just just go on down the list. Just go on down the list with that. <laughs> yeah. There are a few Jackson, others. Jackson State's Amisha Williams holiday was named the Player of the Year. She also claimed the Defensive Player of the Year as uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff Zay Green. She was tabbed the newcomer of the year. Alcorn Zania White uh, was the freshman of the year, and Jackson State's coach, Tamika Reed, was voted the SWAT coach of the year. Let's take a look at the all-SWAT first team. Amisha Williams-Holiday from Jackson State, Zay Green from UAPB, Ayana Emanuel from Alabama State, Adriana Abbott from Texas Southern, and Alexis Holt from Grambling round out the first team. All-SWAT second team, Mattia Bridges from Texas Southern, Dariana Lewis from Alabama A&M, Nigeria Jones from Alabama A&M, Diana Rosenthal from Prairie View, and Deja Rogan from Jackson hey. State. They closed out the first and second team. So uh, kudos to all those uh, players who were named all swag first and second team. Good stuff. Good stuff. Kudos for all the first and second team and players of the year. Um, uh, we're all so nice that you got in there and got it. It should be interesting to see uh, what who will be able to make some moves this week as we get into action tomorrow. We will be in town in terms of myself and Charles. We'll get in there uh, and give you some updates to let you know how the live action is going. But let me give a shout-out before I go to Mike and see his thoughts on maybe the men's side player of the year. Ricky Burton, Chuck, Chuck Hunt, Jimmy Wilson says, good afternoon, Fapley and Lab. Let's go. Bob Meyer, Will is on here. Ready for the lecture. What's up, Frat? Uh, Florida Memorial University is in the building. I love it. Lonnie Shaw is checking us out. Happy Tuesday from Mary Allen. Karen Griffin, it's time for the lab. Let's go, let's go. Lonnie says he's ready for this lecture. Michael Ford, good evening. Sliding into the back of the room. See, Mike, I see you every time you try to slide in. <laughs> see what you do. See what you do. Oh, we got Brother Clifford Franks in here. What's up? What's up? He coming by the name. Yada, you know he'd go back, way back. Hey, lab. Hey, professors in the dean. Price is in the building. Noel. We got uh, Karen Griffin, Brent Brunson, Phillips is in here, Chad Cooper, G. Boone says they don't have enough sport. Yeah, NIA certainly not. You just add the sport. Uh, Langston making a splash in track. Yeah, they got it done. Roy said, hey, there is an NBA team in Oklahoma City. That's true. Good point. Aggie's in the house. Troy Coleman in the house. I see you, Troy. Franklin, Franklin Nelson, Stephen Miller. Who else we got in here? James Knox. Michael Lee said, what's up, guys? 
Shout out to all the lab listeners. Appreciate you jumping in here. They must be ready for some hardwood action. Mike, what do you got out there? What's the news that you want to discuss? Who are you trying to give some accolades to today? Well, well, since 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 my good brother covered the SWAC women, I'll go ahead and cover the SWAC men. They announced their postseason uh, individual awards as well. Uh, Florida A&M, FAMU's MJ Randolph was named Player, player of the Year. Uh, and then Jackson State's uh, Javius McKinnis claimed the Defensive Player of the Year recognition. Then you had uh, Pine Bluff. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff was tabbed. Um, Sean, player Sean Williams was tabbed Newcomer of the Year. And then, of course, Valley. We talking Valley? Valley Mississippi Valley State's Gary Grant was selected Freshman of the Year and all corn states. Landon Busey was voted Swag Coach of the Year. So kind of rounding out the order, really Randolph really impacted the, the year with the fan, with the Rattlers. He, you know, averaged 18.8 points of game, right, you know, third in field goal percentage, fourth in assists. He was all over the place. Fourth in steals, second in defensive rebounds. And then uh, Mr. McGinnis uh, was a significant factor for Jackson State, scoring 12.3 points per game, rebounding, you know, tw- you know, a little over 10 blocks right at, we'll call it three a game. So tremendous game by these two young men. And, but, you know, just kind of rounding out, you know, what it looked like in the SWAC. You had first team uh, Randolph. We also had Juwan Daniels from Prairie View A&M. Jay, we mentioned Mr. McKinnis, uh, Jalen Johnson from Alabama A&M, Sean Williams from uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff, second team, Joe French from the Bethune-Cookman, Tyrone Lyons from Southern, Justin Thomas from Alcorn State, Alcorn State. Let me make guys sure I say that right. Jaden Sadler from Southern and Cameron Christian from Grambling. Player of the Year, Mr. Randolph, Defensive Player of the Year. We already talked about it. And then uh, Coach of the Year, Mr. Busey, Landon Busey from Alcorn State. So those are your postseason honors for the on the men's side for the SWAC. Yeah, I hadn't seen FAMU get that excited about basketball in a while. They got a nice winning record conference-wise, got the player of the year. Got LeBron. Sure everybody knew too as well, but he uh-huh. deserved it, MJ Randolph, no doubt. Uh, it's yeah. funny, uh, we did a show with uh, Brian and AD yesterday in terms of sports rap, and we hit it right on the nail. I guess it was that obvious in terms of the players of the year, defensive player of the year, and those accolades, coaches of the year, we right on the money on that. Let me ask you all this question before maybe we get in there and look at some MEAC players of the year uh, before we take the first break. But what are your thoughts on the uh, new basketball court that's coming to the tournament? Let me start with you, Mike. You know, people are maybe concerned, thinking they were going to play on the high hardwood and have the updated floor, UAPB, but all the stickers out there. But no, they're rolling out a new playing surface with all the logos from each of the 12 members of the SWAC. What are your thoughts on that, Mike? Oh, that's a that's definitely a good look. I like the logos for each team at the end. Um, I don't know what if it's an engineered surface. I didn't see that, but it's a new playing surface. And I like, you know, kind of the overall SWAC logo in the center. I don't know if our fans can really see that, uh, but it, it is really dope. I like what they've done. Talk about branding or subliminal branding, another business term. You yeah you you're not only you branding the swag or marketing the swag but you're branding and marketing all the other institutions so great move by the swag not sure who led this effort but not, man this surface it is definitely the move I like it great point let me get Professor Bishop see his thoughts on there as Mike drops all these business terms on us what are your thoughts. No. No, I thought it might hit the nail on the head. I mean, when you're branding each uh, member institution as well as your corporate sponsors uh, and then the huge swag right in the middle of it. Uh, and it's a situation where I, I think some some fans had questioned with uh, swag playing uh, at UAB, whether, you know, it was going to be uh, UAB logos all over the place. So to roll out an entire new court uh, featuring your conference, I think that's huge. It's a great look. It'll be a great look on television as all the games will be televised. Yeah, good point. And uh, I'm sure the way they'll outlay the whole arena in terms of that area, most camera shots, you won't necessarily see uh, UAB Blazers um, colors or logos 
uh, framing around there. Let me stick with you, Charles, in regards to we move forward in terms of that. What do you got in terms of the MEAC side? Do you got any players of the year on, on, on their list in terms of what they were able to get done over there? Yeah, let's take a look. Uh, let's start on the women's side as MEAC announced their uh, Women's Basketball Law Conference honors. Uh, Coppin State graduate guard Jaya Alexander, she was the MEAC Player of the Year, Diamond Thomas of North Carolina Central was named the Rookie of the Year, while Norfolk State guard Camille Downs, uh, she earned a Defensive Player of the Year. And Coppin State head coach Laura Harper, uh, she was named the Coach of the Year. So uh, great uh, honors for uh, those individuals uh, who uh, received honors uh, this week for them, uh, this year, I should say, for the MEAC. So that's huge. Jai Alexander, she led the MEAC in scoring uh, this past season, averaging 15 point. 15 points per game, uh, leading Coppin State to a 15 and 12 record at 9 and 5 mark in BA play. Also, she was money from the free throw line, 79.8%. Also, was fourth in rebounding, seven boards a game, eight to field goal percentage. So, huge year uh, for Jai Alexander. Alexander was getting it done. Yes, Mike. Yes, you have some updates on the men's side for the MEAC player of the year. What did they? What did they tell you over there about the men? Oh. I would think Western well, State is going to find a way to clutter it up. The they well, 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 you heard you <clears throat> you heard all year about Joe Bryant Jr., who has been named Player of the Year. Um, mm. They announced. Then you had the Howard freshman Elijah Hawkins uh, was named Rookie of the Year, and then Delaware State uh, senior center uh, Christopher uh, Sodom. Uh, is the defensive player of the year, Norfolk State head coach Robert Jones, selected as the MEAC coach of the year. Now, here's the deal. Brian had a monster year. He led the Spartans virtually in every statistical category, including scoring 16.8 uh, field goals made versus attempted 146 for 30, 333 Three-point uh, field goals made and attempted, uh, free throws made and attempted. He basically was at the top three. I went back in the stats and looked. That's just a data point uh, or several data points. This guy was all over the place statistically. And then uh, Elijah Hawkins, uh, Howard freshman guard, didn't have such a bad year himself. He 13 points per game, 5.7 assists, 3.9 rebounds. 2.3 steals. I'll take those stats any way I can get them. So kudos to those gentlemen. So uh, the first team kind of rolls out like this. We talked about Joe Bryant from Norfolk State, 6'1 guard, senior. Kyle Foster, 6'5 guard, uh, graduate student from Howard. Miles Carter, 6'1 guard, senior, Delaware State. Uh, Ninda Tar uh, Tarkay, guard, 6'4 freshman from Coppin State. Coppin, many folks say Coppin State can surprise a few. I don't know. Then Justin Wright, guard, 6'1". Uh, uh, second team, uh, Chris Bankston, 6'9", freshman from Norfolk. Uh, Steve Settle, the third, 6'10", uh, freshman from Howard. Elijah Hawkins, Howard. It's kind of a Howard theme up in here. And then Eric Boone, freshman, 6'2", junior from North Carolina Central. And, uh, of course, we mentioned there's third team, and then there's an all-rookie team, Elijah Hawkins, Howard. It's kind of a Howard theme up in these awards, if you're not noticing it. So, and then Antonio T.J. Madlock, South, uh, South Carolina State guard, all-rookie team, Greg Spurlock, Coppin State, uh, and rounding them out, Chase Davis from Maryland Eastern Shore, and Corey Port Perkins from Delaware State. Nice job rounding it off, nice set of awards, and you wonder – you know, who's going to pull it out? You know, most folks say Norfolk State. Most, some folks say Howard has a chance. Some folks say, you know, say others have a chance. So this is in. But congratulations to those players on their postseason honors from the MEAC men's side uh, of the house. Certainly, we'll get a chance to uh, chop it up a little more and mix it up, if you would, in, in terms of lab as we get into the second half of the show. We'll dig into those tournaments but let's take our first break we'll come back with the poll rankings not a lot of change there but we'll give you updates to see how the uh, final season ended and we'll get into our poll rankings for the final season as well so stick with us we'll be right back after this break 
it's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Hello? Girl, somebody hit my car today. What? You okay? No, girl. I'm hurt. You better call my lawyer, Terrence Madden of T. Madden & Associates. He got me super paid after my accident. I saw him last Sunday giving away scholarships. 833-PAID-123. I'm attorney Terrence Madden. I love getting huge checks for injured clients. Dial 833-PAID-123. 833-PAID-123. Offices Atlanta, Jonesboro, and Augusta. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best black college baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for black baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High-quality cigars plus personal customer service with Slowburn. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. It's more than a mobile lounge. It's an environment and an experience rich in history, luxury, and personality. An elegant extension of any celebration occasion. It's the perfect escape and meeting place. A space where you can relax or enjoy a shared passion. Have Slowburn plan your next big event or before you are planning to celebrate your win over your athletic rival. You can shop our collections at www.slowburnwaco.com. But if they want to tap, uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah. And who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir. And pay attention. This is Dr. Bill with Inside HBCU Sports Lab. Let's get into the women's HBCU huddle report in terms of the major division top. Five poll rankings in week number 10 ends the regular season. Be interesting to see what took place here. Not really a lot of changes, and certainly not in terms of who jumps in the top five. We do have some teams that change places, but let's start. Uh, no team drop, a couple of teams still receiving votes. Texas Southern, 11 and 14 overall, finished the season 11 and 7. Alabama State Hornets, 13 and 14. Finish the season at 12 and 6. Southern Jaguars, 13 and 16, uh, finished the season on two straight losses there uh, on the road, 11 and 7. Hobbit State Eagles, 15 and 12, 9 and 5. Be interesting to see what goes into these matchups. We'll get into that again in the second half, but I will follow up and then ask you some questions after I give you the polls. Number five, Norfolk State Spartans, 15 and 10, 11 and 3, 57 points, if you would. Alabama A&M Bulldogs, Lady Bulldogs playing basketball 15 to 13, uh, 13 and 5, 72 points. Uh, they stay at the four position. And number three, Howard Bison, 17 and 9, 11 and 3, 80 points. They do fall a spot as Morgan State jumps over them. The Morgan State Bears in uh, the season with a big win, 17 and 7, 11 and 3, able to get a three way tie for the women's side of the MEAC, 81 points, three's ranked three, so they jump up to number two. Number one is Jack State Tigers, 10th and 2nd of the week, 20 and 6, 18 and 0. 
10 first place votes, 100 points. Um, they continue to get it done. Not going to ask you about the poll. You can obviously say some things if you want to. But in terms of anybody in the top five that you could see in terms, I'm going to ask you, Charles, in terms of the SWAT first, anybody in that top five or outside of it can dethrone Jackson State in terms of this tournament? Um. If there's anybody in the top five that can be thrown Jackson State, uh, I think Texas Southern does have a very good puncher chance. Uh, they have two tremendous scores in uh, um, Adriana Abbott and uh, Attire Bridges. Uh, and if they get hot like they did the second time they played Jackson State, they are an extremely scary team. I think what you worry about with Texas Southern is the depth uh, of their basketball team. But I think Texas Southern is a team. And I also think Alabama State. Alabama State – of course, uh, championship pedigree. They rebound the basketball. There's another team that you have to keep an eye on. With that being said, if Texas Southern, Alabama State, if they win, do they jump in the top five if they're able to get it done in the tournament? Definitely, yes. Yes, I, I definitely see them moving in because uh, if either one would have had to have knocked off uh, Jackson State at some point. So, yes, they would have jumped into the poll. Makes sense, makes sense. Mike, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you from a MEAC perspective, which one of the teams in here is going to get it done? Obviously, the glut, three teams in the MEAC, top five. Tied for first, you have Coppin State on the outside looking in. Can Morgan State, if they win the tournament, can they get some more least votes for number one seeding, or is it all Jackson State if they get it done? Any changes in the top five in terms of what may take place in the tournament? No, no changes. Um, I, I, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know about the Texas Southern one. I would say that, you know, if you look at it, maybe, you know, uh, if you're looking at outside chances, I agree with Charles. I don't know if I agree with Texas Southern because of their death and and going into the thing, maybe Alabama A&M, maybe Alabama state have a, has a, uh, a chance, but as far as the women's, you know, I pretty much think that that's, that's kind of set. Um, you know, you have two or three at the top. You know, you have uh, what Morgan State, uh, Howard, it's, and then Norfolk State. You know, I, I think it's, it's pretty much between those three. It's clear. Let, me ask, let me ask both of you all before we get to the men. Jackson State goes all the way to the championship game. They lose a close one. Morgan State, since they're at number two, they run through the MEAC. Is that enough? To leapfrog Jackson State in that scenario? No, I don't think Starting so. Starting with you, Charles? Nope. No, I, no. no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think nope. that's uh, Jackson State has enough of a resume to where even if they stub their toe yeah. in the uh, in the uh, conference uh, tournament, that they they should still uh, have that number one pedigree. Yep. Last yep. one. Last one. I don't want to belabor the point. I can't see this happening, but I got to ask you just for sake of the show. That's what we do, right? Quarterfinals, major upset. Does that make a difference? Yes, I think that makes a difference for me. Yeah, it's a little uh, tougher. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't see that happen, but I had to put it on the table next. Let's get into the being. We won't belabor that because it's not going to happen. I told you yesterday. You know what hey. I'm saying? I, I just wanted to see if Charles would even pause. And he did. He he, he is poker face. He knows what he's doing. Uh, I tell That's you what. what. <laughs> I, I, UAPB, they, they, they make me nervous. I'll just be honest about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you said it consistent, consistently. Yeah. All right, I know. They make me nervous for a half. I'm not worried. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama and them Bulldogs on the men's side. Um, split, man. They lost that game. A gentleman gets fouled for Southern, and then uh, they send him to the line. So instead of going to OT and battling out, he hits the um, game winner. At the free fold line, basically three and one to get it done. Interesting when you look at just how close these games are. Alabama AM, 11 and 17, 10 and 8. Florida Island Rattlers, 13 and 16, 11 and 7. And North Carolina Central Eagles, 15 and 14, 8 and 5. They did win their last game, but weren't able to jump back in the top five. Top five programs. Howard Bison, 16 and 12, 11, five, uh, 9 and 5, I should say. They dropped two spots from the three 
Last week, you got Southern Jaguars, 17 and 13, 12 and 6, four spots. They, they got that win there, but not necessarily the best spot at the end of the year, but they are a top five team. So let's see what they can get done in the tournament. At number three, Texas Southern Tigers, 15 and 12, 12 and 5. They were last year's uh, HBCU major division national champion, uh, getting it done in the tournament, finished the regular season in second uh, behind the co-champions Prairie View in Jackson State. Uh, Jackson State and Prairie View did get in the tournament. They had to fight themselves into it. Uh, fascinating. And number two, Alcorn State Braves, 15 and 15, 14 and four. Coach Bussy, as you heard, coach of the year, two first place votes, 83 points. You have number one, Norfolk State Spartans, 21 and six, 12 and 12. This one I will ask you a little bit about the poll uh, when you talk about it. Fascinating. Starting with you, Mike, anything stand out with you in terms of the poll? Give you pause. <clears throat> no, I think um, um, I, if, if anything, you could argue that the Texas Southern um, can can move up a little bit. Um, but Norfolk, Norfolk, you know, Norfolk State has played a solid game. Howard, there's some folks talking about them, but they have two losses, I believe, to Coppin State, which is like the number six or seven seed, and they have two losses this season to Norfolk State. Um, you could argue that they're kind of on the bubble. They play good at times, but not consistent. Texas Southern has a lot of depth. Saw them play. That may be crucial going into the going into this uh, tournament play where you have depth and, and bodies that you can get on the floor and rebound as needed. So we'll see. Alcorn State split uh, their games with Prairie View, whereas Texas Southern won both games. So if you're going head-to-head matchup, Texas Southern has key head-to-head against key opponents. So. Good stuff, good stuff. Charles, what about you? What do you say? Let me just get your thoughts on this. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, I was I was looking at Southern at that four spot, but uh good, good, you know, closing kick there for the Southern Jaguars because Alabama AM had been playing some really good basketball until they stubbed their toe at the end. So I, I'll give the edge to Southern there, but uh, it's gonna make for a tremendous swag basketball tournament because one through eight, anybody can be taken out. They really absolutely can. anybody can anybody can reach can win this one. Yeah, I can't I can't remember since I've been following the turn say and be serious about it that any of the top eight teams has a legitimate shot of winning three games and getting it done in the tournament. Certainly for a couple of upsets to to really throw a monkey wrench in this. I have to ask this question because this is interesting to me. Norfolk State 21 and 6. 12 and 2. Unlike Jackson State on the women's side, they didn't go undefeated in conference play. They don't have as many teams in conference play. But this is Norfolk State that really uh, got it done in non conference play. Is that different in your mind in terms of them having to win the tournament to hold on to the number one See, Or do you feel maybe a similar way? Start with you, Charles, to see what are your thoughts in terms of tournament matchup as we kind of play the guessing game with the poll rankings before we close out in two weeks. You're saying they, uh, what, what, what you were saying was Norfolk State because they had a good out-of-conference schedule. Yes. Do, do they have to win it to stay in that number one seat with, you know, Alcorn State breathing down the neck, Alcorn, the Braves, right? They do have two first-place votes going in there, mm-hmm. if you would. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean – Southern won it last year, that solid Southern – you know how deep we believe the SWAC is in terms of who can win the tournament. Is it Norfolk State? Do they have to win the tournament uh, to hold on to number one? Or would you say, no, they're in a position if they get to the finals, similar to Jack State, you would think that they would hold on to the number one ring? Uh, I would say no. They, they can't hold on to the number one ranking. Um, uh, I think the difference between Norfolk State and Jack State, Jack State has been just completely dominant in, in conference play. Uh, going 18 and uh, Norfolk State has stubbed their toe uh, twice uh, this past season. Uh, interesting statistics with Norfolk State 11 and 0 at, at home, 76 on the road. So mm-hmm. and there, there is a difference to me in, in their level of dominance, both uh, deserving of their number one rankings, but uh, they're different, if you will. That's good points. Good points made. Uh, Mike? Before we get into this halftime yeah. break, what are your thoughts on yeah, that? Yeah, so, so you asked about out of conference, and there's no way we could really look at strength of schedule, but 
you look at Norfolk State's out of Congress. It's Bridgewater, Penn State, Wilkes Bar. I don't even know what that is. All right, it's Tennessee State. Just played marginal. They Wood did have Perry. eight Division One wins and and Boiling Green. Hold on, let let me let me finish. Then you look at Alcorn State's uh, uh, out of conference game. It's Washington State, Portland, Gonzaga, Southern L. All have been competitive teams in the tournament. So strength of schedule, favor of Alcorn. Doesn't I, I agree? They didn't win any of them, but I think they. I think Norfolk benefit. Uh, state benefited from a better schedule, a favorable schedule, and they happen to be a good team and won those games. So I think they really have to win out to maintain that ranking. Whereas Alcorn State, they're in a tougher, arguably could be in a tougher conference. So you know if they get to the <laughs> final bottom, you know you 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 weigh that differently than a than a Norfolk State loss. A sweat basketball conference tougher than a MEAC basketball conference. What I said, yes, I said it. What yes, is? I'm saying it right here. I said what? it. Yes. I said it. Let the lab listeners debate that. I like that. Good job. Put that on the table. Let's go to the break and see what the discussions are like during the break about MIAC back on the men's side of the basketball conference. What do you say, lab listeners? Stickers will be right back after this break. Mm. Hungry for authentic Caribbean food like jerk chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock in downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992 or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, authentic Caribbean cuisine. Don't worry, Ma, we'll be there soon. We? Is this the one? Well, let's say I found the one who takes me to another level. Always stays calm under pressure. Most importantly, the one that helps me discover the coolest places. This sounds wonderful. Come outside, I'll introduce you. We're here. Definitely the one. <laughs> Introducing the all-new Nissan Frontier. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they want a lot, yeah, and who the ball, So listen to Professor, uh, yes, sir, yes, sir. and pay attention, because he gon' This is Dr. Mill inside the HBCU Sports Lab, back for the second half into the third quarter. Let's see what's going on since we're talking about the third quarter, looking at the women's tournament, both of the MEAC and the SWAC. Let's start with the MEAC. Um, Interesting, obviously, tournaments the same, number of teams, 18, starting on Wednesday, championship on Saturday, that championship, let's just jump into that. For the MEAC, that championship is on ESPN Plus at 3.30 on Saturday. Um, it will be live, take delay on ESPNU later that evening. With that being said, got a 1-8 matchup. That's Howard versus Delaware State. Delaware State hasn't won a game in terms of the conference play all year long. Um, so don't see much there. Norfolk State versus number seven, North Carolina Central. Not even seeing if that should be any major upset. But then you have the 3-6. They get a little more entertaining. Morgan State, South Carolina State, and certainly that Coppin State versus number four or five matchup with Maryland Eastern Shore. Let me go to you. Any of those games that first round or even into the quarterfinals, I mean, semifinals, what sticks out to you? Uh, the 4-5 matchup. You got the player of the year getting ready to go on her uh, conference tournament run. So I'm going to just keep an eye out for Coppin State in this tournament. Like you said, I, the, the the margin of, of statistics, the variance between one and, and four uh, is, is quite small. So you can tell what I've been studying lately. <laughs> 
Statistics. Black oh, Pearl style. He said the variance, Mike. Did you see that? Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts? Semifinals, quarterfinal matchup. What in the MEAC, what has your uh I guess the, the South Carolina State game. Um it it, it intrigues me because three six Morgan State, number six South Carolina State. I can see it. Yeah, because – and I'm sorry, I should have said that. I'm kind of looking at kind of DPs and laying some data points. And, and Morgan State is second in the conference in scoring, 63 points. South Carolina State is like they're in the bottom of the cellar. They're seventh. They're scoring 50 points per game. But then if you look at defense, it's kind of a somewhat of a different story. So you, you kind of – Morgan State is allowing 58.5. Um, South Carolina State – is allowing 71. Now you may say, okay, Morgan State's got they got they got the upper hand, but I think there's a, a legitimate puncher's chance for South Carolina State to pull an upset there. Mm. Yes, I'd say. Let's go to the women's side on the SWAT championship game for the women's at 1:30 ESPN plus as well. All these games are going to be on ESPN plus. Except for the championships, you have MIAC on ESPN two for the men and then ESPN you for the SWAT. With that being said, first round matchups, Jackson State, Arkansas, Pine Bluff, 1-8. Charles already told you it makes him a little nervous. Number two, <laughs> Alabama a Grambling State at 2-7. Yeah, the 3-6 Alabama State Prairie 4-5 matchups, Southern Texas Southern. I imagine, I think I know what you're going to say, Charles, but what sticks out to you in this one in terms of the first round matchup or is it a semifinal that you want to keep your eyes on? Uh, well, I, I always think that, that that first game is the toughest game. I think uh, Jackson mm-hmm. is uh, a tough opponent with UAPB. Zay Green is an individual who can get in the lane and can cause some havoc. Uh, they had a bit of an outlier when they played in the second go-round. Kai Walker, uh, who only averages four points a game, she went for 25. So she got hot from uh, from deep. But uh, there's so many dynamics to this. Uh, if you take a look at UAPB, they are built just like Jackson State. They have a top-notch rebounder in Maya Pete. They have a score. Uh, they have uh, Joyce Kennison, who's a former SWAC player of the year. And they have this chip on their shoulder uh, with Coach Don Thornton, who once upon a time wanted that Jackson State job. It would mean everything to her to knock off Jackson State. So those are, you know, just little things that you have to kind of keep in mind. Professor Bishop, you finally sold me on it. You you chopped it up. <laughs> nah, not really. Get out of here. <laughs> no, he didn't. Don't even say that. No, he didn't. <laughs> exactly. Mike, what do you say? What interests you in this matchup? Is it the 4-5, Southern Texas Southern? Or uh, the 3-6, Prairie View and Alabama State? What's interesting in these matchups, man? Some of these coaches, championship coaches <laughs> that have been added that are going up, you know, uh, matchups is fascinating to me. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I like the uh, Southern Texas Southern matchup. Uh, they're number four and five. Uh, statistically, they, you know, they're they're right neck and, you know, they're somewhere neck and neck. You know, you got, you know, Texas Southern scoring 69 points per game. However, you have Southern scoring only 60 points, but Southern is only allowing 63 points a game. So if you look at the data points, these two teams are fairly even matched. So that team go anyway so that game that number that game four uh southern versus texas southern is intriguing very intriguing to me yeah i think all of these top eight teams all of them except for a number two alabama a&m have previously won a swag championship that's crazy when you talk about how deep the women's in terms of talent pool is there let's talk a little bit more about that in terms of tournament setting Birmingham, Norfolk, the scope. It's something about Norfolk and the MEAC in terms of how they get on the basketball. Be interesting if they're still going to have the lather up. I think with Norfolk State being right there, even though they've had some teams leave out there, I got to believe that there's going to be some magic in that arena in terms of what you see there. I am fascinated in that 3-6 matchup, Alabama State, Prairie View, coaching pedigree, championships, uh, can either of those teams kind of get out of that game, get hot, and then try to make a run? Obviously, um, that 3-6, 2-7 are fascinating because um, that's where those teams 
thought they want to be because they get to stay away from Jackson State until the championship game. Uh, who's going to be able to get over the fact that they've done that, but now they have tough much out be fascinating there. With that, let's take our last break, get back in the fourth quarter. We might have a pitch hitter coming up for Mike. We'll see what that looks like, and we'll get into the men's side of things in our last quarter going into four. We'll talk about these tournaments and seeing what you like. The men at, should be interested on the men. Yeah, no folks got an edge, but there's something about Howard, uh, Morgan State that's fascinating to kind of keep your eyes on, and we've told you what we thought about the SWAC. It's 8D. So stick with us. We'll be right back as we get in the fourth quarter. And we'll tell you a little more about these tournaments, things that you can keep your mind on as you're watching. Dr. Ville Inside HBC Sports Lab. Stick with us. We'll be right back in the fourth. Oh, that spin class was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger. That's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. The top HBCU programs in the nation come to Montgomery, Alabama's Riverwalk Stadium this May 11th through 14th for the Black College World Series. The best Black College baseball teams in the NCAA Division II and the NAIA will battle for Black Baseball's ultimate prize. Games will be streamed live at www.mybcsn.net. Tickets are available now online at www.blackcollegechampionships.com. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll everybody <laughs> we all go why not enjoy the go with Charmin from novice to aficionado find yourself here high quality cigars plus personal customer service slow burn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com that's www slowburnwaco.com It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Hello? Girl, somebody hit my car today. What? You okay? No, girl. I'm hurt. You better call my lawyer, Terrence Madden of T. Madden & Associates. He got me super paid after my accident. I saw him last Sunday giving away scholarships. 833-PAID-123. I'm attorney Terrence Madden. I love getting huge checks for injured clients. Dial 833-PAID-123. 833-PAID-123. Offices, Atlanta, Jonesboro, and Augusta. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and parenting education coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. 
We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvay. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left, and who the ball, So listen to Professor Yesler yes, and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Nope, we got a pinch hitter coming in for Mike Washington. Uh, he needed to get out of here. We got none other than Professor Drew. Yes, yes, yes. As you know, he's more than a visiting professor now. He's a clinical professor. He's a regular. So we're going to get into and get his thoughts as well as Professor Bishop. On the men's side of this men's basketball, Let's start with the MEAC. I want to get into the MEAC lineups, man. We got number one, Norfolk State, number eight, Delaware State. I don't think Norfolk will have a problem there. They are at home. But then you got number two in the versus number seven, two, seven, Coppin State, North Carolina Central, Maryland Eastern Shore. Those first two games on Wednesday and then the next two on Thursday, if you would, which is number four, Morgan State, number five, South Carolina State. We always say the four or five matchups are interesting. Will it be this time? But then you had it North Carolina Central at number three versus number six, Maryland Eastern Shore. Coach Mouton has always seen to have the magic number for uh, the postseason. Can he do it again? Can he come out of that three spot, mix it up a little bit? Let me go straight to you, Charles, and then we'll come back, Professor Drew, and see his thoughts in terms of which of those opening round games uh, intrigue him. Go ahead, Charles. What are your thoughts? It's almost too easy, but uh, four or five, <laughs> Morgan State, South Carolina State. Obviously, that's the one that jumps out for me. But, you know, South Carolina State, three-game losing streak coming in, coming into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Morgan State is one of the hotter teams coming into the MIA tournament. They are going to be a scary out. Uh, see if they can get past the South Carolina State team in the first round. And let the chips fall where they may, because this is a team I think can get all the way through it. Yeah, quietly, um, you know, you a lot of the focus just with the depth and swag and being in the vicinity, we've talked about just how close those games have been all season. In a lot of ways, that's the same with the MIAC. There have been a lot of close games. Yeah, they had some lopsided, and the record has been there for Norfolk State. But they do have two losses, so they've shown they've been beatable as well. Yeah. Professor Drew, what are you, what games in this opening round quarterfinals, what sticks out to you? Or is it something that you're looking forward in the semifinals that you want to see? I'm really looking forward to the to the semifinals. I want to see what a potential central Howard matchup would look like in round two. That's the one that I'm looking at. And it that would, would not be a two surprise three me if it happens. Good point. Yeah. And it would not surprise me if on Selection Sunday we see Central's name called in mm. lieu of Norfolk State. And, oh, by the way, uh, Dr. Kabir, I'm a two-step yeah. man. You asked that question at the beginning of the uh, show, what's your favorite dance? I'll just get over there at two-step. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Great answer. Great answer. He's smooth. He's smooth with it, too. Let's move right into the squack when you talk about that. Uh, focus point a little bit here. Well, let me go back in terms of that. I didn't get a chance to ask you this question. You got to hear about the poll rankings. We had the question. Jackson State, if they make it to the final on the women's side, they make it to the final. They lose in the final. Do they hold on to the number one ranking? And that could be either in our poll or, you know, you do the computer. So it may be even more intriguing over there versus if Jackson State somehow, as Charles has tried to warn us, Pine Bluff gets them. Are they able to stay there? What are your thoughts on that? 
Uh, repeat that. I didn't quite catch the beginning of that question, Doc. No, I was just saying in terms of the poll ranking, the question we have of the day is like, and let me ask you this. Number one is Jackson State on the women's side. Correct. Number one on the men is Norfolk State. Do those teams have to win it out to stay number one in their rankings, or is there some scenario where that's not the case for either one? Outside of a first-round upset of Jackson State, I don't – and that would only still just make you think about it because the overall <laughs> body of work and resume of Jackson State, you know, in our computer rankings, they're so far ahead of everyone else. You know, it's Jackson State's to lose. Norfolk, on the other hand, can be caught. Uh, okay. You know, I, I, once again, they, they've got to win to be at, first of all before you can even have a conversation. And then it depends on who comes out of the uh, out of the swag. You know, Texas Southern has a better overall record than than Alcorn State, but Alcorn State did win the swag. So that's what you get into balancing that out of that non-conference resume against that conference resume where Alcorn hands down probably played the toughest Schedule in Division One HBCU playing teams that were ranked number one, not once but twice when they played them in Baylor and Gonzaga. So I don't think anyone can put their strength of schedule up against Alcorn State and have a conversation. But Alcorn State did not compete in those those two particular games. So it's, this- it's kind of, it's kind of pick your poison on what you like in that non conference schedule. I like no, this a little bonus action. I'm coming to you, Charles, because I want to get your thoughts on this. Before you <laughs> jump on there and get that, I want you to also put this in there. If Alcorn mm. is able to do the double dip in terms of regular season and the tournament, mm. can they jump Norfolk State if Norfolk State gets it done as well? According to Mike, they can't because the swag the better basketball conference. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, yeah, I wanted. <laughs> <wait, wait>, <laughs> I, I, I would go there. Norfolk's no schedule of non-conference was garbage. I'll say it. They, that record, it looked good on paper, but that's what it is. It's a paper record. I, I, you've got more battle-tested team in a Texas Southern or a Alcorn State than you do in uh, Norfolk who played – uh, our sisters of the poor and, and the ladies of, and the ladies of the street in the in the uh, non-conference schedule. There it is. So you hear it here, folks. That's so what Doc, they think. That's Doc, the question. Let me say this. You know, one of the biggest fans of this show is Neely because he's sitting back over here watching. He just throwing grenades like, why are we even debating whether Jackson State is about to lose anything in the turn? Man, shout out to Neely, man. Neely's over here taking me left and right like, man. I tried to tell him. You the one that tried to sell us on this. I was like, I don't want to hear it. I'm like, Neely, man, the next question. I, I, I got to quit. I got the question of the day, fellas. Yep. Of the, five, of the five through the eight in the men's tournament, who would who would it uh who would not surprise you if they won it? Because I think it realistically, any anybody one through eight can win the SWAC tournament. And five through eight, who is the one most likely for the upset? I think the team that would not surprise me the most getting it done, even though I think you probably should, just because they've been herky jerky all year long. But because of their past resume and the coach, I would say Prairie View. Prairie View finds a way to come out of this tournament. People would look and be like, mm, yeah, we can see it. Anybody else, I think, would surprise you a little bit in regards yeah. to that. Yeah. Five to eight. Yeah. But I love that question. Yeah. Let's I, get back I, I'm, into I'm throwing Grambling into the conversation. But go ahead back to your question. Yeah, you're right. I would say that, you know, Grambling, they certainly would be a surprise. Uh, in terms of if they were able to do it just because they hadn't quite been there before. They've been knocking on the door. So it's a tough team and knocking on the door. And what's amazing to me is you got these folks out there. I know uh, Louisiana folks like a little bit of basketball. And they and their neighbors over there in Texas is just bludgeoning them and beating them up. And then it don't hurt that their arch rival over there in Mississippi, Jack State, at least got the regular season last year. But I'm hearing rumblings that they want to show the coaches – Grambling and Southern the door, I like. All right, you know, be careful. What you, what you we even told you a little bit about this. Be careful about 
getting on these hot seats. Let's get back into action for the tournament and settle down a little bit here before we go too far off the rails. But I just had to put that out there. All right. On Wednesday, you got the 2-7 matchup, Texas Southern versus Jackson State. Man, these teams have had some classic matchups over the years, and they just continue to make it entertaining. New coaches, new players, but it's the same thing in terms of uh, programs over the years. It'll be fascinating to see what you think happened this game. Obviously, Jackson State plays a defensive style that, that can make it ugly. Texas Southern has had some problems at the line. Um, could this be an upset? I'll see what the what the professors think. Game two, number one versus number eight, Prairie View. Some people are already going out there saying this is the worst one eight matches that's been <laughs> in a long time. Hey, I see you. Then on Wednesday, you got a three six. You got the Louisiana rivals. Might be one of those cases if whoever loses this game may find themselves as a coach in real trouble, which to me is just crazy. But wow. I can see a 3-6 matchup uh, in terms of that. Uh, FAMU and Alabama A&M, SIAC matchup, if you would, way back in the day there. Number four, number five, the two last expansion programs. When they came in, Alabama A&M essentially with Pine Bluff, FAMU with Bethune-Cookman. They line up, A&M, false, and they're just coming off uh, – Tough matchups with each other over the last couple of weeks. Number four, FAMU against number five, Alabama A&M. This is an intriguing one. Whoever comes out of this one, I think they could also give that number one team some trouble in terms of that semifinal matchup. So it's just stacked so deep. I'm going to start with you, Professor Drew. What are your thoughts? Which one of these matchups kind of stick out to you? Or do you want to go off the board and jump all the way to the semifinals as well? Well, I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Uh, on the bottom half of that bracket, uh, I've got Texas Southern coming out the bottom half of that bracket, although Gramley does scare me uh, in a matchup against the Texas Southern. But uh, I've got Texas Southern coming out. Sorry, Charles. Sorry, sorry Dealey. But I've got Texas Southern over uh, you all coming out of that bracket. Al- uh, on the top half of the bracket, Alabama A&M scares me. The, you know, you mm. talk about all corn prairie view. But the worst matchup, Feb, you could have gotten was the other AM being Alabama AM. And you know, it would not surprise me if we see a battle of agricultural schools in the semifinals. You know, it being semifinals. My my preference obviously is uh the Florida version versus the <laughs> Alabama version. No doubt about it. Charles? What do you say about these first do two days of action? Are you going to jump all the way to Friday and tell me what you want to see? What no, I, th- I think the first two days are going to be really interesting. Uh, games number one and two, uh, Texas Southern and Jackson State. Uh, it is a rough matchup for Jackson State uh, because Texas Southern has the front court is so big. Um, mm. You know what you'll get out of Javis McKinnis? He's a, he, he'll get his double-double. You got to watch whether he gets in foul trouble or not. But – uh, it's the X factors, I think, with Jackson State. Uh, Coach Brent has has re- re- retired. Uh, there will they'll be a little bit of an emotional lift for Jackson State coming into this tournament. Can they get a consistent play from Jonas James uh, 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 and Terrence Lewis are, are the names that to keep an eye on? And then the 1-8 matchup, you know, razor-thin margin of error between Alcorn and Prairie View. And then when you take a look at uh, Prairie View, you're talking about Juwan Daniels. He could put a team on his back, but it's the, the X-Factor guys, the Jeremiah Gambrells, the Dwayne Coxes uh, for Prairie View that could give a team fits going into this tournament. So those are the names that I'm throwing out there that I think, you know, the first first day is going to be uh, a haymaker because I think either one or two is going to fall. One or two, maybe both. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it is one of Maybe those and. tournaments, and it would not surprise any of us if it happened to happen. We're not saying it is going to happen, but we certainly wouldn't be surprised. Let's close it up. Great information. Thank you, Drew, for coming in and pinch any for Mike Washington. All the lab listeners, we appreciate everything. Hope you enjoyed uh, as we get you ready for your prospective tournaments at the Division One level, whether that is in the SWAC or the MEAC. We gave you updates. Thursday, we'll jump in here and give you some updates. 
I'm planning to come in here, but stick with us. We will be moving. We'll be in Birmingham, so it might be a little bit of a challenge, but we'll see what we can do. And we might even give you some extra overtime. So keep a watch on us. We might surprise you uh, in terms of when we can turn on the screen and give you some updates depending on what's going on. We'll try to get you some classic interviews as well, but that'll do it for us. Shout out to all the lab listeners. Kay Johnson, I saw you sneak in the room, uh, uh, so I wanted to give you a shout out. I think you had a couple of other ones sneaking here. Dr. Holmes, how's the professor going to sneak into class a little late in terms of what's going on? I see I see what you're doing. All good comments coming in here. I see Troy talking about blasting swack over MEAC. Yeah. <laughs> I see you still got a little <laughs> MEAC love. I like that. I like that. Troy, you got a little bit of MEAC love. You put it on your shoulder. There. I thought you threw that out the window. I'll take that. I'll take that. Brian Fulver said, Mike is right. Swack is a tougher basketball conference style at basketball. Schools like <laughs> FAMU have joined the conference. Man, we got FAMU talking about basketball. Boy, how's the world have changed. I see you sneaking here, Juan Hill. Appreciate you, brother. I see what you're doing, sneaking in on the chicken coop. I see you. I see you. With that being said, we're going to get out of here. Chop it up. Keep talking. We'll see if we can give some updates. We'll see. It should be good tomorrow. We'll find out what takes place on that first day. It could be good in major good in terms of me and swag. With that being said, thank you for listening to Inside HBC Sports Lab. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Nyata Khalil, the Dean of HBC Sports, coming from inside the lab and the College of HBC Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening, Dr. Bills, Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles Bishop, uh, A.D. Drew joining us every Tuesday and Thursday, as you know, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time. We look forward to you as we discuss discuss the latest news in the lab. Look for us on Thursday. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. That's D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. I'll be scratching around the swag to see if I can find some updates and see if I can throw out some other breaking news. Nah, just kidding. I did what I did. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, or maybe not. Inside HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube, that's inside HBC Sports Lab. Dream big and continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Of course. AD? Lecture. Dismiss. We'll holler.